Amon Ross St. Brown continues his crazy breakout. The rookie wide receivers in the league continue to impress, and Trey Lance is unfortunately out for the season. All this and more this week on Dynasty Domain. I'm Avery Huffman. And I'm Nathan Schmidt. Welcome to Dynasty Domain. All right. Uh, didn't think we could top week one action in the NFL, but I will say week two actually turned out to be extremely entertaining. I think I think any football would do it for me, but I mean, uh, do you remember a more entertaining week of football? Like, I mean, that was oh, yeah, I, re- was, I remember some more entertaining weeks, but this was pretty incredible. And uh, for week two compared to week one, it was a lot cleaner, a lot nicer. Uh, still some sucky games here and there and a lot of mistakes uh, like and some surprises like sure. the Colts, but you oh know, f- football is here. And if your team lost, uh, there, you can only be so miserable because the NFL is just that fun. So let's, uh, let's, I had a blast. Let's get this out there. You know, everybody knows we're Colts fan. Everybody knows we're in Indy. Let's get this out there. We know they suck. We're mad. Um, you can make fun of us for it. That's fine. We, we are giving up. I mean, essentially I'm, I'm giving up, but Nathan's always a little bit more optimistic than me, but it's just been a crappy season so far. Regardless, we have a lot of things going on around the league that have some dynasty implications, some fantasy implications. Now we're starting to get to the point, you know, week two, we've got two weeks under our belt. We're getting to the point now where we can start looking at some of this body of work and saying this might be legit. This might not be legit. Um, I think we're going to be able to start drawing some conclusions. So we're going to go around and we're going to cover the biggest fantasy storylines around the league this week. We've got all kinds of topics to cover today. We're going to give you our thoughts on how you should be handling some players, how you should be handling some players from different teams, etc. Lots of big storylines, lots of big implications from the week two of the NFL. So we'll start this week with our trade scenario of the week. And I believe this week's trade scenario of the week is Kadarius Tony straight up for a 23 second. Yep, that's exactly what it is. What are you thinking right off the top of this? It's essentially a market check for Kadarius. Tony, yeah, so. um, this this to me sounds like a I'm giving up on Tony or I'm punting on Tony and sure, I'm taking yeah. the 23 second. That's a pretty, in my opinion, that's a pretty fair market value of him right now. I have no problem with either side. I do have a problem with, I do have a little bit of a problem with owners of Tony trying to sell Tony now because you're sure, you're yeah. not getting that much out of him. I, I mean, he's had two pretty disappointing weeks. It almost seems like he's in the doghouse. There were some training camp uh, issues with him, kind, kind of whispers of of trade talks um, already going into his second year. And he's put up 2.3 points and two points respectively the past two weeks with little to no production to show for it, obviously. So I think the main concern for me here is with Kadarius Tony in the first game against the Titans, he had he played 12% of snaps in the second game against Carolina. He's playing 38% of the snaps He So that's obviously better, but on a team on a giants team where like, I wouldn't say receiving talent is abundant by any means. No. Um, I would say, you know, with Kadarius Tony, he has, you know, the athleticism and the potential to be somebody who is an explosive playmaker in the league. And we all saw that coming out of college, but for him, you know, in coming into his second year on a team that, really needs him to be honest to only get three targets on 38% snap share. Uh, I, I mean, I would say I'm a little bit concerned here because that's to me though. That's kind of implicit of it, it sounds a lot like Ayuk uh, last year. In my opinion, like Ayuk got nothing for a majority of the season because he was in Shanahan's doghouse. So and then you have Dable coming in and then you have a bunch of underlying issues like I talked about with Tony and his attitude but and things like that. even with Ayuk, I mean he was getting 47 54 67 percent of the snaps in those first couple games and still had anywhere from two to six targets so like this is a little bit more of a to me this is a little bit more exaggerated more than that was because with Ayuk, yeah. he was at least still on the field for the more than half of the time with Kadarius Tony 12 percent and 38%. I mean, I, I really do hope that we see Kadarius Tony's snap percentage go up next week, but at uh-huh. this rate, like, and we know how deep the 23 class is. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, that's fair. But the, the thing with this trade for me is it really is, it's a punt. It is a punt on Tony and it, you are selling him it, at his lowest. You're point. selling him at that's his lowest good. point. You are getting a 23 second out of him, which has a decent amount of value right now. Techn- according to keep trade cut, Tony is still just slightly more valuable than a 23 second. Um, but 
if you're taking either of those those assets, chances are that you're going to be a at least semi rebuilding roster in, in Dynasty. So why would you give up a receiver that has first round draft capital and long term promise with some incredible athletic talent to get a 23 second where we, yes, there is going to be a ton of depth in 23, but you still don't know what you're going to get there. Especially I, I would highly doubt in the late second round for 2023 that you're going to get a receiver with first round draft capital like Tony has fair. I would. So, so I think I'm tracking with you here. I think given his his talent level, given his draft capital, this is probably a little bit too early to sell him for this price. Yes. Would you say, and I think this is what I my conclusion here would be, wouldn't you say if if this continues for seven to eight weeks, like at this at that point, I'm willing to ship him off for a 23 second. If he's staying under 40% snap rate, if he's not producing at all, I mean... I don't know, because so many things are going to change for the Giants in the coming seasons anyways. Dan- Daniel Jones is not staying here. Barkley, who knows where he's going to end up. He could get a massive payday if he keeps this up for the whole season elsewhere. I just, I don't see a situation. Shepherd I don't see a situation for Kadarius Tony that is like, that is light years better for him to be on the field producing than right now. Okay. I mean, he, there's just a lot of opportunity yeah. already. Yeah, but I'm just seeing like, like who's, who's remaining, especially in the re- receiving core wise, but like Shepard's old tone or Galladay is old. Slayton is nothing. I mean, that's already the case, though, and still Kadarius Tony's not out on the field. Right, which makes you sort of just wonder, like, what are the what are the things going on in the locker room and behind the scenes? I, I just, if it doesn't work out with him for the Giants, he'll end up somewhere else that will give him just as much of an opportunity. And we've seen what he's done with the ball in his hands in small sample sizes last year. Like, there, there is a reason that he's not getting the touches that he should be for reasons outside of his ability on the field. So when they asked Brian Dable about this, he said, quote, it's a continual competition receiver. I said it, you know, since when I'm not being a jerk, I said it since the middle of camp. It hasn't changed. It's going to be a continual competition. Kadarius had opportunities today. Uh, We'll see what next week is. Maybe it's Slayton. Maybe it's more Kenny Galladay. Uh, We'll see where we go with that. But I think that position, we're just going to keep rolling with the guys and play the guys that week that we think would give us the best chance. And the other guys have to be ready as back. Yeah. And to me, this sounds like a rookie head coach trying to sort of insert himself into a new franchise and a new team to sort of gain the respect of the locker room and the team. And for the players that are working the hardest on a team that is not going to make the playoffs. I know they're two and oh, sorry, Giants fans. This is not going to last. Um, it, it makes sense. It, it makes sense to me from, from lo- looking from afar, you know, and it doesn't necessarily affect drastically affect how I value Tony as a dynasty asset. I, yeah, like I said, I'm not so, there yet for sure. I definitely be taking Tony here. I think, yeah. I think given more than half a season of this continual, like just in the doghouse, I would be concerned. And I think, I think if there were any class like where this would even ever be fair, it would be the 23 class. So I, I see it. True. I don't see it yet though. So, uh, I, I think it's definitely worth keeping tabs on Kadarius Tony. Obviously a very talented player. Obviously he has a, a lot of upside and, and he's not done yet. So we'll kind of see about that. All right, let's uh, get into the storylines from this week. Like I said, a great week of football. Let's start with the rookie wide receivers in the NFL. Honestly, this is kind of my favorite early season storyline here. Uh, I'm going to start with Wilson. I want you to start with Dotson because he's kind of your guy. Um, but with Garrett Wilson, um, man, what a performance from him. And, and honestly, just what a game against the Browns. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, it's been a while since I've seen a game that crazy, and they were two sucky teams that I really didn't want to watch, but <laughs> between the onside kick and old Joe Flacco out there tearing it up, it was quite entertaining. So obviously the first week against Baltimore, Garrett Wilson had 9.2 points on 49% snap. Um, he had eight targets, which was good. Um, he had 52 yards. It, so not a bad opening week for Garrett Wilson. I mean, you're looking at a rookie wide receiver. You're expecting, you know, that snap percentage not to be astronomical by any means. And if you're getting 10 points, like to me, that's a solid. I mean, that's solid for a rookie wide receiver. You're not expecting that, but you're not expecting even to be able to start him. Well, well, Garrett Wilson put up 30, 30 points yesterday in PPR leagues. He had uh, 14. He had 14 targets, Nathan. I I mean, you know, the, the really unfortunate thing about this, and I've said this a couple times so far, but 
if you remember, I sang Garrett Wilson's praises as the wide receiver one in this class for a long time in the offseason. And due to the cruelty that is Dynasty Fantasy Football, I actually don't even have a share of him now that he is. That's so rough. I, I like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't. I tried. I'm right the same with the Dotson. I don't have any Dotson shares. You really don't have no, any. I don't. Uh, it's so our, interesting how that plays out. Yeah, yeah. I tried to get a couple right before the, the season started, but he had, you know, eight receptions, 102 yards. So he averaged 12.75 yards per catch, and he had two touchdowns, including the game winner, which was quite impressive. It was a night. It was a really nice throw by Flacco. But man, Garrett Wilson as a 22 year old being in the moment, being there and and putting up 30 points in his second game. I think you're talking about a guy that you can start now. Like, I think Garrett Wilson is a guy. I mean, and and this isn't a question because this is what everybody's listening for. Garrett Wilson's the wide receiver one in New York. I, I As much as I, I, I enjoy Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson is is just a level up from Elijah Moore. And, and I think you're going to continue to see Garrett Wilson commanding targets in that offense. Is Zach Wilson going to ruin Garrett Wilson when he comes back? That's actually a really good question. Uh, for this season's production, very well could be a possibility. We'll see. Um, but, I mean, for now, especially in the next couple weeks, when is With Zach Flacco. Wilson supposed to come back? Like, I, I know Salah said uh, um, week so four. So, let me look at the latest. I, I thought he said he says, week four. Is, is that, uh, Jets QB Zach Wilson still on track to a return in week four. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so for this it, Sunday. Another question. I mean, so... Is it a given, do you think, that the Jets go back and roll with Zach Wilson after what Flacco has done? Uh, yes. So you think they'll just because go back? Because he's their franchise quarterback. Okay. And unless they were just 100% giving up on Zach Wilson already and planning to get, a, to, get a, to get another quarterback next season, I don't see a reason why they wouldn't start Wilson. Like, he has to develop somehow. I think I agree. I do think there is a scenario where they want Zach Wilson to learn under Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco is playing so well in that offense, but he's their franchise quarterback. With that said, I am not sure how that's going to affect Garrett Wilson. However, I mean, Joe Flacco is definitely not even close to the cream of the crop. So in terms of, like, talent drop-off and productivity drop-off, I mean, I would like to think that Zach Wilson would be able to get him the ball, Garrett Wilson, at a similar rate. I, yeah. I would def I will definitely say that I think Garrett Wilson will continue to command those targets when Zach Wilson comes back, be- just because of how good of a receiver Garrett Wilson is. So I'm really impressed. Yeah, with Garrett well, Wilson. also, yeah, just the target share alone. Yeah. like he doesn't even need the touchdowns, and he's got. So he, I guess on that, I guess like on that note, points. do you have any, do you have any notes on Elijah Moore, who obviously he only put up six and a half points yesterday, but he played. Yeah. He's playing 87 percent of the snaps. So obviously, you know. You can make the argument by snap percentage that Elijah Moore is the wide receiver one. I think I think him only commanding five targets compared to Garrett Wilson's fourteen, and that is that is another concern. I, think I guess that is another concern I'd have just starting Wilson on a week to week basis. Basis is I guess down the road this season. Uh, is this going to look more like a either or week to week thing, kind of like a uh, hope <laughs> not, man. Pick your poison, fifty fifty. Flip a coin. You're lucky if your guy produces this week, but otherwise the other guy is going to get you six, seven points. Um, I, that remains to be seen. And then you have Corey Davis in the middle of it also. Yeah. Who didn't really do much yesterday until that big play until he had 16 so points. It, well, this is because, but it, a lot of it was from like, he got 10 or 12 points from one play. So right, he hadn't right. done a whole lot. I'm not super worried about that, but I do think it's worth, you know, keeping an eye on when Zach Wilson comes back. Nonetheless, especially in Dynasty, Garrett Wilson's buy window is gone. It was before the season, and now you're not buying Garrett Wilson. The guys, if we're talking about them on the show and they're breaking out, their buy window is gone. We're going to get into a huge example of that here in a minute. But talk to me about Jahan Dotson, who has been your guy from the beginning. And honestly, playing with Carl Wentz. I mean... Carl hmm, Wentz. Good old Carl Wentz. I mean, he's, he's looked... He hasn't, you know, target wise, you know, target share wise, nothing crazy, I don't think. But he's just, he's very efficient in terms of, you know, depth per target and then capitalizing, you know, scoring wise. So talk to me about what Dotson's done and how you're feeling about him moving forward, you know, even just this season or in Dynasty. I feel great about everything Dotson, as I always have. I'll toot my own horn on this thing because I've been pretty much wrong on. Uh, 75% of my other takes so far, including you and including Simon. Uh, but Dotson is one of the ones, one of the predictions I guess I hit on, but I didn't even expect him to produce 
this quickly right off the bat. Really expected him to drop down to sub double digit production this week, and that just didn't no, happen. Put up another eighteen. Another another eighteen points. Curtis Samuel also like what the heck? But I just cannot believe, cannot believe that he's gone two straight weeks now, Dotson. Not only two straight weeks, but the first two weeks of the season outproducing Terry. Because we had we had so I mean. many people in Dynasty <laughs> investing in Terry this season. Because yes, it was merited that Terry was playing this season with the best quarterback he's ever played with in his career. Carson yes. Wentz makes some bonehead plays in the NFL. He's a really, really good fantasy asset. Yeah, and he I mean, can he, he can produce at price some, especially. Yes, yes, very great price. But Dotson is doing this with 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 Terry, Logan Thomas, and Curtis Samuel on the team. I think that's a testament to what Carson Wentz can support. Sure. And oh, not to mention Gibson's receiving threat as well. I mean, they're and they're all producing actively. And Carson Wentz has been very productive to start the season, but I think for Jahan Dotson as a rookie to come in and Logan Thomas to have a touchdown yesterday and Curtis Samuel to have another touchdown and Terry McLaurin to have a touchdown. I mean, like that is uh, that is mighty impressive with that in mind. Curtis Samuel's 26 years old. Terry is 27 years old. These guys aren't going to be around forever. Logan Thomas is 31. Gibson is going into his third season of his rookie contract like at least half of these guys are going to be gone within the next couple of years. I seriously think from a production standpoint, Jahan Dotson's ceiling like like is the sky. The sky's the limit for this guy. I, I think the sky's the limit for a lot of these rookie wide receivers. And, and Yeah, and, but situationally, I think sure. Dotson has one of the best situations. Yeah. I, which I, I cannot believe I'm saying because I thought he landed in, in the, the worst, worst situation. situation. I see but it's it, looking like he's got so the much best upside. right now. He Yes, he he's seriously got so much does. Upside. Let me pivot real quick to Drake London. Um, I just want to kind of cover all these rookie wide receivers. Drake London, man. I mean, 72% snap rate the first week and 82 this week. He had 12 points the first week on seven targets. He had five receptions for 74 yards. This week, he had 12 targets. He had eight receptions for 86 yards and a touchdown. He averaged 10 and a half yards per catch. Just watching... It's kind of funny watching the Falcons game, watching Drake London. He looked like a seasoned veteran receiver out there. I mean, just in terms of the plays he was making, the routes he was running. I, I'm I'm thoroughly I'm thoroughly impressed with Drake London as well. Just especially playing with Mariota and playing on the Falcons, which we all know has been you know they they're just kind of bleh. Yeah, uh, man. I'll tell you what. Every time I'm seeing one of these stat lines for a receiver or rookie receiver rookie. after rookie receiver after rookie receiver. I'm just continually blown away at, at the production there immediately. Like, like this is something we've never seen before. No, I and never. This is, and I, I don't know if this is a testament to the skill of this wide receiver class, which I was never is. really, I never really bought into it that much because I think next season is going to be so good for, for 23. But I, and I really thought that the receivers in 22 were being pushed up in the NFL draft because of the lack of talent offensively everywhere else especially at quarterback, but that seems to, I'm <laughs> time will tell, but in the first two weeks I've been dead wrong. Like I want one of my tweets that I, I threw out on our Twitter at, at domain dynasty. Like it, it was basically, basically I said, don't count on rookies to produce at the beginning of the season. That was one of our takeaways and even week one, because some of these guys just broke out this week. Like, Sure. Wilson, even Drake London to an extent, yeah. but the fact that they're doing this, like we've, we've never, we've never seen this before. Like the, the anomalies were Jamar chase and Justin Jefferson. Mainly they were like one of a kind of their class, even Jalen Waddle. Uh-huh. Um, and then Devonte <laughs> Smith having an incredible rookie season as well. Not so much from a fantasy standpoint, decent from a fantasy but, standpoint, but still really solid. Like yeah, those were your field, outliers. Absolutely. Those were your outliers. And now we're seeing London, Wilson and Dotson and I mean even Chris Olave and Olave getting that that's four talk to me this about, year alone. Let's talk about that. Talk to me about Chris Olave. So Chris Olave, you know, playing with broken back throwing picks Jameis. Oh my gosh, but Chris Olave he had how many targets yesterday? I think he had like 14. Yeah, no, he had 13 targets. 
but Good only five God. receptions. <laughs> well, and, and that's not, you know, I think the target that's less the of the, the targets. Yeah, exactly. He had more targets than Michael Thomas. Michael Jeez, Thomas man. put up more, more points than him because he had a touchdown, but you I'll give you credit on this. This was the receiver you were right about. I only I have one share of Alave. I I was like, you know what? Not the biggest fan of, of Alave. I questioned the fact that he was the third option at Ohio State with JSN and Garrett Wilson there. Like, but obviously his draft capital is incredible. So you know we'll we'll see we'll see. So I I went and I bought a share of him for for pretty cheap, but I did not expect this at all off the bat. No, not I, even I, close. This is and I think this is also a testament to how the game has changed a little bit. Like especially in terms of wide receiver talent in the NFL. I mean, obviously wide receivers are getting big money and you saw it with Christian Kirk who actually is kind of paying off for the Jaguars at this point but you've you seeing it with these wide receivers getting more expensive wide receiver talent is a premium so teams are going out of their way to draft these wide receivers earlier in the first round than normal but these wide receivers man I mean the talent that's coming out of you know Ohio State and and SEC teams like Arkansas and and Alabama the talent man is just off the charts in terms of yeah. immediate NFL productivity. Yeah, and I I just wonder what's what's up with that immediate change? Like is there just a lot more time and investment put into these young rookie wide receivers to break out so, like like what what's going on? Seriously, what what do you think it is? Do you I, think I, it's just this class? I mean, we've seen it now with a couple classes. So I, I think I really do. Are we overreacting? I, no, like I really, it. I really do think we need to adjust. Especially, I mean, even as a dynasty community, and this is a positive adjustment in our direction because we've always overvalued, like, and in, in, uh, overpredicted how rookie wide receivers would impact their first year. I think now we're to a point where you know, with these elite prospects, and we had a couple of them in this class, we can actually. We had four of them. I, we we had Burks, Dotson, Alave, and London. Am I missing anyone? Wilson. Wilson. I mean, That's five. We had five high draft capital and look, receivers. And I'll and I'll mention this. Um, and this is not a victory lap. It's way too early to take a victory lap. George Pickens is extremely talented. He is probably going to have a great NFL career. It's it. This just kind of goes to show that the preseason can be very deceiving because George Pickens has been the most quiet out of them, really. Like, I mean, he's had one and three points. You know, right. he, he's still finding his role in that Steelers offense, and he's going to find it, and he's going to produce. But it, like I said, it's just the preseason training camp hype might not always. It's not always those guys that end up panning out. It's the guys that you didn't hear a lot from, like Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, even Drake London having not played a lot in the preseason. It's it's all it all changes once week one comes, but I will say I think it's been a whole heck of a lot of fun watching these rookies. Oh yeah, this has been awesome. I, again, this is something I am, we've never I'm seen in love before. With this and class. I I think we're starting to see the um, after effects of a new age in football, which I really think started with the um, Patrick Mahomes contract a couple years yep. back for ten years five hundred million. Right. And the game is that, that reset the quarterback market and that started to show what what NFL teams value. Obviously, everyone wants that quarterback, the quarterback, but there's only so much value at the other positions on your team that you can hold when you're paying a quarterback 50 plus million dollars a year. And and rookie wide receivers are cheaper than and veteran it, wide receivers. Exactly. So now what you're seeing is players like Tyreek and Devontae Adams going elsewhere where, where you would never dream that a team like the Packers or the Chiefs would give up those guys. But here we are. They they had to they had to pay Rodgers, they had to pay Mahomes, and they had to let Adams and Tyreek go. Here's what we've learned. If you have an elite quarterback, it does not matter what your receiving core is. It does not matter. And here's what we learned about the elite wide receivers. It doesn't matter who their quarterback is. Let's pivot to that. The Dolphins went absolutely nuts this week. And boy, were we wrong about how oh, yeah. Tagovailoa would be able to support <laughs> oh both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Watt. I know, listen, oh. and it's we'll, we'll preface. We should preface. This is we are admitting that we totally underestimated this. And it's only week two. But for all three of them to have put up 40 point games yesterday in PPR leagues. I don't have you ever seen that? No, no. I think the only other person that could have I seriously think Manning may have gotten close in like one or two games, his 55 touchdown season, but never. So never. <laughs> not even Mahomes with Kelsey and Tyreek. So do you think I mean I'm not talking from a football standpoint here. I'm gonna talk purely from a fantasy standpoint. Two is the real deal. 
especially this year because of his weapons. Yes. I mean, you're talking about a guy yesterday who came out. He had 50 passing attempts. He completed 36 of those. He threw for 470 yards and six, six touchdowns. And even Gasecki had 14 points. That's collectively in the receiving game. That is a 95 points. The, I mean, the 95 Dolph- fantasy points. If you points. had the Dolphins stack in any of your leagues yesterday, you won your game. Yeah, like- and who was investing in the Dolphins fantasy stack? And the, in, actually, in the and honestly, not a lot. Few. Because, Few. because many people were cautioning stacking that offense because of the concerns yeah. with, yep. man, I'm telling you. So this is, this is one of my biggest takeaways from this. One, well, it's two of my biggest takeaways. One, credit to Mike McDaniels. Absolutely. Offensively, he seems to be legit. Like... I think he's dude. I think he's just legit. Oh yeah. Okay. And this is I also tweeted this. This is my second take, maybe my bigger one. Earlier this morning I said, "Amazing to see that Tyreek and Waddle are turning out to be what we thought Jamar Chase and T Higgins would be this season, which is two hyper productive receivers on the same offense. Right now it looks like two is more capable of supporting it than Burrow." And that is Hilarious. that is unheard of. It, we said to be cautious with Burrow this offseason. We said to be cautious. We were very cautious. We did not expect this. We're, we're again. We're only. F- we've only been fifty percent right on each of these takes. <laughs> we've said by Tyreek Hill. We've not spoken very highly of Waddle. We were wrong there. We were right about Tyreek. Uh, we said we're not buying the bur- the crazy Burrow hype. We were right on that, and we totally bought the Jamar Chase and Higgins hype. Oh yeah, we were wrong on that, at least in the first two weeks. I don't, again, is this an overreaction? Maybe it's week two, but we were talking about last season when Higgins put up 20 points and Jamar put up 40. That, that was incredible and insane. And we said that is not sustainable. That's their ceiling every week. Those are the good weeks. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for every other week or every three weeks or so. One of them puts up a ridiculous amount. They go 30, 30 or something like that. And that would be ridiculous. They just did it in the same week. Tua just supported two receivers that each put up 40 points. Do you understand how ridiculous that is? So no elite quarterback, no elite NFL quarterback has ever done that before. And I, it's it's all credit to McDaniels, Tyreek. So that's, that's where I want to go. And Waddle. Of. Let's 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 touch on each of them individually real quick. I think with Tua Tagovailoa, I think it's worth considering if he's the real deal even in Dynasty because I think it is very possible that him and Mike McDaniels make a very very good pairing. Yes, and yeah, long term. Do you think he's more capable than Jimmy G? Uh, at this rate, I mean, sure. I mean, athletically, they're probably absolutely. about. Jimmy G. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy well, G's just yeah, a field, Jimmy, a, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Took them manager. to a Super Bowl. Yeah, Jimmy G. Took San Fran to a Super Bowl. The the Dolphins just paid Tyree Kill one hundred and twenty million dollars. They cannot afford an elite quarterback. No, I mean they can't. Two is good for them. They're in in the Waddle Tyreek stack is so much of the reason why why they're so lethal. Let's talk if about if you lose Waddle, you lose a whole nother dimension to the game because you you can't guard both of them. You can't. You had two high safeties to to guard Tyreek or, or to to keep Tyreek from his big plays in Kansas City. Well now you have two of him in Miami. Yeah, that's true. I think let's talk about Tyreek Hill now. Um <laughs> people actually said Tyreek wouldn't be good without Mahomes. That is we did not so say funny. That. So we were we were not wrong about that one. We were very right about that. That one. was that you. So if you were one of the people who the ceiling is the same, and I know it's week two, but I'll take the victory lab on this one because I don't we're not going to see this let up. Tyreek Hill is an elite or the elite wide receiver in the NFL talent wise athleticism speed wise. I mean, you saw it even with Tua underthrowing him, which yeah, some of those were underthrows. Tyreek is lightning fast. How do you not underthrow that dude? Like I, I Tyreek would you could throw it 40 yards out in front of Tyreek and he would catch up to it and he'd have to slow down. Like, yep. And and this is what this is what we talked about his but the funny, yards the, after catch. The funny thing is though, catch. the funny thing is though, we were talking about, you know, Tyreek's impact, especially closer to the line of scrimmage, like with those routes within 10 yards. And we're like, heck, he doesn't even need the deep ball to be. Nope. He doesn't and he doesn't, but he's still he's doing, still getting the he's deep still ball getting the deep because Tua can throw a deep ball and if he underthrows him, guess what? Tyreek catches it anyways because Mahomes yeah. underthrew him too. Yeah, I'm, he absolutely did. Yeah, 
Tyreek is adjusting under the, like under the the fade routes the same way as he did when Mahomes threw them. But people don't want to say it with Mahomes. That's the other thing. People, you know, Tyreek and Mahomes, two great elite, completely 100% elite players that are elite without each other too. There is no question about that. You cannot convince me otherwise. And Jalen Waddle, man. Now this is where I think we we underestimated Jalen Waddle. This is where we goofed because. Jalen Waddle, I mean, we should have known, especially on a really, really mediocre like Dolphins offense last year, and as a rookie commanding a hundred and what five targets or something like that. That is a that is a very large feat, and and then the amount of receivers that have done that in their rookie year and their historical success rates are very, very good. And I don't think we should have necessarily assumed that Tyreek Hill coming in should have altered that. Now, I think it was fair to ask the question because we were unsure about Tua Tagovailoa, but Jalen Waddle. Aside from Tyreek Hill, aside from Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Waddle's the real deal, man. I mean, he yeah. is—he's it. They hit on that, man. They hit on that pick. That is—I mean, he is—he looks every bit the part. I—I am starting Jalen Waddle in every format this year. I'm starting Tyreek Hill in every format this year. From yeah, a, from yeah. A fantasy, and that's I mean, a crazy thing. Like you, <laughs> those of you who are drafting Jalen Waddle as a uh, rebuilding team, <laughs> you're kind of screwed. Because screwed in the best way, screwed in a really good way. Um, But like he's he's producing now. If you're a win now team and you got Waddle at a discount because you're trying to sort of build for the future a little bit, well, you're you're just as lethal. You're just as lethal. Uh, Maybe we should come down to earth a little bit. Waddle and Tyreek aren't going to score forty points a piece every single week. No, but like they did score eighteen points a piece week one, and I. And do you think I'd twelve looking, points a piece isn't? I mean, a, a week isn't feasible. Like, no, it's it's. And, they're they're going to get. They're going to get more than that. Their like, ceiling is too good to leave out. Tua was not that great week one, and no. they still both put up eighteen points a piece. So, what are we looking for from them on a week to week basis? Yeah, I mean, I, what I, are we looking for? I think you know, you, you're when you're looking to start somebody, especially at a, either a starting spot or you know a flex spot. You're looking okay. You want to have you know, that 12 points per game is going to be nice to get in there. And obviously a lot less than that is tolerable for starting those positions. But again, what you're looking for when you're trying to win a a fantasy league or dynasty league is you're looking for that ceiling. Tyreek has 40 point ceiling. Jalen Waddle has 40 point ceiling. They're they're guys that are every week. They're going to come out. They're going to produce at the bare minimum. I mean, I think their floors, I think even Tyreek's floor, like, you know, is, is a little bit higher this year with Jalen Waddle and with, I mean, higher than... With the offensive scheme, too. And with the scheme. I mean, with, with Pat Mahomes, I mean, Pat could go a whole game and just throw it to Kelsey. Yeah. And you saw that, I mean, with Tyreek and that defense, how defense would have covered Tyreek screwed you over a couple of weeks last year. But but Tyreek was still startable in every format, even when yes. his floor was low because yep. of the amount of ceiling he has. Now they both have that elite ceiling, and I think they both have fairly high floors, too. Yeah, and now let's look at the flip side of this game uh, with another guy that has an elite ceiling and a pretty solid floor, and that's Mark Andrews. Um, he did what he usually does, 30 points, and guess what? No surprise here. He's the, he was the lead receiver for the Ravens. Lamar's back. His rushing upside is yeah. still there. That, that's the other thing from this game I want to talk. I mean, that was an MVP performance from Lamar. At this point, they're yeah. going to have to pay him like $50 billion trillion a yep. year. Like, he, I mean, yeah. and, and that's quote me direct quote me on that amount too. But that's going to be a big thing to look at too. And this this is another team where you see that is the, the receivers are below average. Yes, Bateman is a fine receiver. He's and fine. And he even has a first round draft capital. Shout out to Simon. Bateman's a I fine guess, receiver. But sh- he's not the rece- he's not the lead receiver there. No, no, they he have, absolutely. They have uh Andrews under contract and they're going to have to pay Lamar so much money. There's only so many elite receivers outside of <laughs> Mark Andrews that they can pay for after they have to pay Lamar and if Bateman ends up doing really well, I don't know if they're going to be able to hold on to him. And if he doesn't, eh. which I kind of expect, like he he had seven targets yesterday, he, he, so it was a modest seven targets. And most of his production came from the seventy-five yard exactly touchdown to Andrews eleven targets. Exactly. I no, yes. So that, yeah, what Bateman is doing, he's because of his play yesterday. Honestly, I mean, it's just such a small sample size. He is scoring a lot of points on not a lot of opportunities right now, and because of that. 
Rashad Bateman actually for me could be a I and I am not I'll have to look here at keep trade cut real a quick. Sell. He could be a sell high for me right now because I may I, be with you. There. I think he's doing a lot with a little and how how long he can keep that up I'm not actually sure. And so we're obviously going to approach buys and sells in the second week of well, the season I mean, on with the, caution. Yeah. But but Rashad Bateman, I mean, I think he's a very good candidate for somebody you might be looking to move up. He has moved up to wide receiver 17 on keep trade cut. To me that's a little bit too high. I do not think he's a top 17 dynasty wide receiver. Um, I'm not taking him over any of the rookies this year. I mean, I'm not taking him over London or Wilson. Um, you know, even guys like Chris Olave, I would consider, uh, and Jahan Dotson's working his way. I mean, like, so yeah. well, also not to mention the, the running game for Baltimore aside from Lamar has done Jack squat and Dobbins is about to come back. Yeah. I would expect Dobby to get a fair amount of work and next week. they, they literally led the league in percentage of carries when it when it came to offensive snaps last year over 50 percent which is insane but i mean you even see that this this week like lamar had 42 points and yeah he had three touchdowns over 300 yards but that was only on 29 attempted passes there's only so there's only yeah that's really efficient but there's only so much volume that bateman can get with those limited amount of passes and the high number of runs running attempts that they're going to have, especially when Dobbins comes back to see Lamar Jackson, you know, having put on 18 pounds or whatever he did and then to burn those guys for 80 yards. Lamar Jackson's back. I mean, the man is yep. fantasy wise. He is the real deal in dynasty. You know, I'm never I mean, I'm not in dynasty. Lamar Jackson he's for anything like he is. He's it in he, dynasty. He's my uh, pretty sure he's my QB four. Yeah, I mean, he, so and he's, I had him ahead of Burrow and, he and Kyler. He is playing that part so far. Hey, are you taking Lamar over Kyler? Is it changed yet? Uh, no, not after two weeks. But I mean, if, if Lamar, I mean, Kyler hasn't done bad either. He's at 20 and 26 points. So it's not, yeah. he's just, you know, and, you know, rushing upside wise, he's had 30 yards each game. He, he's passed well. But, you know, if Lamar, but if Lamar, here's the thing if Lamar plays at this level, if he plays at his MVP level, and you, then he gets that you contract, can't, you can't hardly take anybody over Lamar. Exactly. Like uh, short term, long term. Obviously, you look at Mahomes, you look at Herbert, you look at even Allen. But right. but now I, I haven't changed my I, I. But they're still for me. They're in the same tier. So I mean, half the time in drafts, I was taking you know one of them. Half the time, I was taking the other. That's I, I still okay. will technically say Kyler because I like you know how he passes. You want to stick to your guns? <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> right now, yeah. After yeah. two weeks, yeah. I mean, I'll I. Yeah, I, we I, don't want to overreact here. I too, think even if I, I think bad. even if I said like I would take Lamar now, like I don't think. That would be like a huge L for me. Like it's I, I again, I ranked him back to back and had him in the same tier. Like yeah. I, I'm fine if you want to say that I was incorrect about that. I know. I just I, I just don't like, really care. I just like picking on you. Um, but anyways, Lamar, man, he's he's it. So you've got Lamar Jackson. That that team is obviously you know extremely good. Let's talk about Kyler Murray real quick since we kind of got there. Um, a question that we kind of got in one of our leagues this year: Did D Hop make Kyler Murray that efficient and that good as a passer, or is Kyler in a slump? I mean, what, what, what do you make of how Kyler has performed so far, especially like throwing to his receivers without D hop? I mean, he went 31 for 49, that's, which that's pretty solid. It's not bad. I mean, it's essentially just a tad over 60%, which right. is, is decent, but um, I, I still can't get over Greg Dorch. Greg Dorch. He, of course, he only had four receptions, so uh, with that small amount of volume and most of his production coming from a touchdown, I'd say that that's not very sustainable. That's just kind of a guy that you're going to want to, <laughs> if someone's literally giving you anything of value for Greg Dorch and somehow you magically decided to own him slash stupidly decided to own him, sell the heck out of him. Yeah. Now. Greg Dorch probably could sell. Uh, him yeah. Marquise is by far and away the, the commander of targets there. Uh, he hasn't really done what we expected really? him to do right off the bat. I mean, 14, 12, which is pretty solid, but, um, we have yet to see those crazy weeks, which it's only been two weeks, but uh, he he was not the lead receiver this week. Uh, no. Even uh, Daryl Williams Thanks. outproducing James Conner, Eno Benjamin having eight points. Obviously, obviously James Conner got injured right. a little bit into that game, but still, it's kind of looking like that's a committee backfield. Um, yeah, I I mean, look, seven carries, eight carries, eight carries. It may be, but the thing is with James Conner, like, and you saw it last week with a touchdown, like he's still going to get the red zone. He's still going to get the red zone snaps. Yeah, so, okay, yeah, so that's even true. even if it is leaning more committee, like from a production standpoint in fantasy, like James Conner's still pretty. You safe. probably know what you're going to get. He's now, recently safe plus a three year contract. Here's what I'll say about Kyler. I think this is pretty much all that needs to be said. 
watching him, you know, not he's not super passing the eye test, but with Kyler, I mean, you're talking about, you know, oh, how concerned we should be, and he's been extremely underwhelming, and he's still put up 20 points and 26 points. Like, that's still that's still solid. Yeah, so as a fantasy asset, this is, this is something we never disagreed on. As a fantasy asset, we know what Kyler is. Yes. He's an elite... He's an elite fantasy, fantasy asset. asset and producer. As a, as a quarterback, I'm not sure why you're surprised that he's underwhelming, especially like from the looks of it, because that's kind yes, of what Kyler that's does. Exactly. But he's, a very, I mean, you saw it with the 22nd two point conversion. He's an extremely good playmaker, though. And he does, I mean, he does win football games. He won, he, I mean, he won the game for them the other day. I mean, like, that was, I mean, that's very impressive. For for a, for a player for the a court- fumble six was pretty nice too. I know, Give but a defense but, but they credit man never even been in that position if Kyler had not made those plays at the end of the game, regulation. Defensive lives matter. So you know, even though he doesn't fit what we like as a quarterback, what we like as a long term solution as a quarterback in the NFL, when you have a guy that can come in and win you games, that's that's what the Cardinals are seeing in it. So I get the Kyler's overrated thing. I get all the hate. I get all of it, but I think especially from a fantasy perspective, I wouldn't be worried about Kyler at all. Yeah. On the flip side, Devontae Adams took a step back this week. What are you, what are you taking on that? Especially take note here. Waller had 20 points, <laughs> man. I, I like Darren Waller a lot. Uh, not really much with, with, uh, Devonte Adams there. You know, I, it's hard for me to get concerned about him because he's just been so consistent. I mean, obviously he's going to have a week or two. I think, I think we'll see him bounce back next week. I'm not, I'm not exactly, you know, super worried about him. Let's talk about a guy that, um, did the opposite and just probably the I'm probably the main storyline of fantasy in my opinion so far this this year it's the sun god and that's the sun god and and I know I'm on Ryan I know you're listening let's issue our official apology right now I'm on Ross St. Brown <clears throat> from the bottom of my heart I truly apologize for not buying every single share I could of you this offseason I did buy one share of you, uh, but I was not as sold on you as some were. And now there's little to no hope of acquiring you for a solid price because now you are ridiculously valued still. But man, well done. And we're sorry. Amon Ra St. Brown. While I don't understand why you're named Amon Ra or what that means, I do think the Sun God nickname is extremely cool. And I have to sincerely apologize for assuming that your production late last season was only because of a lack of talent on the Lions offense and because you were getting so many targets. I should have been smarter and realized that you were commanding those targets. You're a 22-year-old wide receiver in fantasy, and you're now elite. Well done. Very well done. Well done. Now, I will say, let's jump into this. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown obviously had 39 points yesterday. He had 12 targets. He caught nine of them for 116 yards and two touchdowns. Honestly, that's not like jump off the page eye popping it's just solid and he but the the thing is he's done it for eight games now in a row i mean like historic eight game stretch here going on i will say it's not an absolute lock yet that he is you know a wide receiver one in dynasty absolutely not a lock yet nope i think it's at this point i think it's in the cards of possibilities which is really i cannot believe it he was not even in my range of possibilities i mean he was in the 30s for me like i I for, sure, Dynasty, I for sure thought what he did last year was a fluke. Now I, I, I was a little less on that side. I thought he could be a wide receiver. I know too. you you were but, even more on board with him than I was for sure. I I still don't think it's a lock. I still I still want to see a full season's body of work from him. But wow, man, I am impressed. Um, I think he fits well in that. I'm I'm not so sure anymore that JMO is going to come in and take that much production from Monroe. My Sanders. gosh, I forgot about JMO. <laughs> Now the this year, the this year's Cooper Cup label that people want to put on Amon St. Brown. I guess I get it from a perspective of where you drafted him versus where he's producing. Um, yes, and that's, that's that's really what I think they're it. saying. I think I he th- is not equivalent to Cooper Cup. No, if he continues this production, he could be that guy where you're winning a high percentage of your leagues in fantasy yes. if you invested in him. But do you really see him getting this volume all season long? I twelve. I mean, 12, 12 targets and nine receptions. That's not that astronomical. No, it's not. But do you do you expect that to turn into two touchdowns and over a hundred yards every single time? I, and that's I think that because that's I, what's gonna right. And I and I, I think, think a lot of tell us. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is gonna have to. We're we're gonna have to see that with what Hawkinson's gonna do because he's gotten a decent amount of volume as well. He's gotten he got seven targets this past week. But he only put up seven points because he only he only hauled in three of them for twenty six yards. Yeah, they didn't. And he didn't look he, super great. He didn't look great, but 
if he ends up actually hauling in a majority of the targets that he's getting, which is a pretty decent amount for a tight end, um, that could take away, especially in the red zone, that could take away from Amon Ra. Do you expect Detroit to score 36 points every week also? Do you expect Swift no. to put up 16 points the same week but that Amon are. Ra is putting up 39 points, no. the same week that Josh Reynolds is putting up 12 points as a wide receiver too? No. Like, I, I don't see that but being sustainable. But of all those guys, like, I don't see Josh Reynolds sustaining his production. So, like, I would no. say, I mean, they have an expo- a surprisingly explosive offense. And we kind of hinted at this on the offseason. Jared Goff is bad, but he's definitely at least capable with playmakers like that. I think you're seeing that with Swifty and with Amon Ra. I'm really interested in CJ Mo because I'm really high on him too. But man, I, I I mean I'm impressed with Amon Ra St. Brown. I mean, and and then we should also note just from a practicality standpoint, you're not not buying Amon Ra St. Brown right now. I mean, not any chance. Do not go buy him. No, you, you would be buying him at his no. absolute peak to this date. Unless so, unless he he's going to be a wide receiver one probably come this weekend. Yeah, he's I mean, already risen to wide receiver 14, receiver 14. He's going to keep and as going. more people start realizing what he did this this past week. He's he's going to rise. So no, do not go buy him right now. I also would not sell. Uh, I'm on Ross. No way. No I'm, way. I'm definitely holding for that elite elite yep. upside in that case. So I I'm on Ross. St. Brown is, is definitely, you know, a hold in, in pretty much every format. So wow, I'm impressed with him. Uh, do you see Goff throwing 30 plus passes a game? Honestly, yeah. I really? mean, I think I think my coach Dan Campbell is ready to throw that ball. And honestly, I mean, it won, they they won the game. Like, I think it's sustainable for them. I I don't love golf. You know, can you imagine? Can you imagine if that team got like C.J. Stroud or something? That would be crazy. With all those weapons, they would be <sighs> an Aiden, well, I, an Aiden Hutchinson this, yesterday on defense. Like, yeah, we don't want to overreact, but at this point, if they're playing like this this season. They're not going to be in a position in the draft next year to get CJ Stroud. No, I, that's and that's the crazy thing. Like, and that's kind of that's kind of scary to just to see what they could do. But also, that's kind of scary if I'm a Lions fan. Like, you're almost like, can you guys can can we suck for one more year, please, just so that we can get an elite level quarterback that isn't Jared Goff? But yeah. I mean, if if Goff keeps doing this, I I I don't really know how Goff. Look, you you saw more of this game than I did. But yeah, he, did he, he, did he, did he look, look? Did yeah, he look? He looks fine? okay. Like I said, he's, capable. he's a game manager. He's capable. He's definitely not you know an elite quarterback. I don't think. But in terms of capability, I mean, he was twenty for thirty four. He had two hundred fifty yards and four touchdowns. So efficient on, uh, you know, thirty four is not cr- a crazy amount of pass attempts. And and so honestly, like I can see him sustaining that. It's just a matter of can he keep completing twenty or more of those thirty five passes a game. And what are his weapons going to do with it? And I think that's, I mean, like I said, I think he's got good weapons around him, but that's going to be a more wait and see long term. Um, we're at 47 minutes, so let's go ahead and keep chugging. Yeah, along let, here. let's look on the flip side here. We've we've talked about a lot of guys that have had really surprise and impressive production over the last uh, or over the last week. Let let's look at the guys that have disappointed quite a bit. And I I kind of want to start here with Saquon because he's been probably one of the hottest. Um, guys to talk about right now because of what he did in his first game back fully healthy um, after struggling with injury over the past couple seasons. But he really, he didn't do too great. And, and not, it wasn't only, it, it's not like the um, volume wasn't there. He had 21 oh, more. He had 21 carries, but he only put up 72 yards. He was averaging 3.4 yards per carry. So obviously the efficiency wasn't there. I think Carolina kind of knew that the Giants game plan would be to be to come in and pound Saquon Barkley and try and, you know, try to beat them on the ground. I think as a result, that's why you saw the Giants have to um, have to really open up the passing game against the Carolina Panthers. And it was kind of a, you know, crap show of a of a game i mean definitely not the most exciting game you've ever seen but the giants end up even going two and oh and daniel jones you know threw 34 times but he only threw for 176 yards it was just very bleh on yes offense. and like, and that's that's something for me one let's establish this daniel jones sucks okay oh he is that's awful. been established second assuming that the giants are not going to go anywhere this season and they're probably not going to have a super sexy record at the end of the year um, assuming that they're going to draft a quarterback next year, how much do you think that's going to help Saquon Barkley? And how likely how, how likely do you think it is that he remains in New York for the Giants, not the Jets, <laughs> right? Um, 
how how much do you think a quarterback change would help him in his production, especially if they got a mobile quarterback like CJ Stroud? The Brian Dable haters are not going to like this comment, but the Giants actually look fairly well coached or at least better coached than last year. Like I think Brian Dable is actually maybe capable of winning some games here. So do you think they go out and get Jimmy G next year? Do you, do you think so, they look so, at the quarterback? So I think that's possible drafting because one. and here's what I actually I thought the Giants had a re, I mean getting Dave Gettleman out of there was step one. I thought the Giants had a really good draft this year and with Daniel Jones. He's not the long term solution there. I mean, he's obviously in his third year as you know, fourth year as the Giants starting quarterback. He sucks. So it's a matter of, you know, where do they finish in terms of how many games do they win? Are, I think that is going to more or less determine how they approach the QB position in the draft. And then after that, do they move off of that and go get a Jimmy G uh, with Saquon? I would venture to say that he will be in New York next year. Um, there's not a lot I've heard to suggest okay. otherwise. I think New York is going to be loyal to him. Um, I think he's got a lot left in the tank. I think they also have a fair amount of, you know, based on the amount of young guys they have on their team. And if they bring in a veteran or a younger quarterback, they're going to have the space to pay Saquon Barkley. And so situationally, I like, I like Saquon in New York. I, I don't hate it. I, you know, running backs on bad teams, a lot of times in fantasy, they pay, they pay off. So I'm not like running away from that idea. I, I and if I had to, it's hard to say, but if I had to guess, I'd see him in New York next year. And I think they move off of Daniel Jones and, I mean, it's just at that point, but they have the problem with the Giants, though, is they've got a lot of other problems. So I think they've, I think they need some serious receiver talent. Okay. Let's continue this trend with the running backs. Let's talk about Zeke Elliott and how he's shot and how he's done. Like, I, I at this point am 100% out on Zeke Elliott. I'm not looking to buy the dip. I'm also, I, I will say, I'm holding him if, I'm not selling him for any ridiculous discount at this point in dynasty. If you're an owner of Zeke Elliott, no, you're not going to get anything of value for him. Just hold on to him until he doesn't exist. I, anymore. I think if I'm a contender, I'm looking to buy him because are you he, serious. Well, he's so cheap, dude. Like you, I mean, people are, people are thinking the exact same way that you are about Zeke Elliott. So because of that, he's worth a lot. Like, I mean, little to nothing right now. And I don't think that Zeke Elliott just completely goes by the wayside this year. I don't think Tony Pollard's good enough to, to, to make that happen. Like, but, this is like the this is the sample size you were looking for. You you were like Two games? everyone. Okay, no, I'm sorry. This this was a week you were looking for Elliot to produce. I, it was kind of a weird game though. I mean, so I watched the game and it was you know Cooper Rush was actually like kind of competent, but it ended up being you know more of a I don't know. Okay, it wasn't a traditional Cowboys offensive game plan, and that's kind of why they won. So. Now you can make the argument, I think, that because of that, are they going to look away from you know even giving Zeke the ball? But well, aside from the carries alone, like his his receiving threat seems to be gone. That extra dimension to his game that's been there for his entire career seems to be diminishing and almost being non-existent. At least in this last week, like Pollard is getting those targets. Cooper Rush is. Sure. Cooper Rush is supporting Tony Pollard, not Zeke Elliott. Look, and he's, and only had he's two, so, I mean, two targets you, for negative you, yards. You watch, you watch, yeah, you watched Elliott play last Sunday night sure. against the Bucks. Yep. He is like literally the opposite of explosive. I know. He looks, not only is this a statistical concern, like if he still looked like he had that second gear, then maybe I would still consider it, but he hasn't shown it. He didn't show it all of last year. And he still ended up being RB six, but it's even worse now. So and he's supposed to be hundred percent healthy. What would you sell Zeke Elliott for right now, though? If you own Zeke Elliott and somebody wanted to come buy him from you, I'm not taking anything less than a first. Oh, well, in that case, I'm not buying Zeke Elliott. Exactly. Because that's I don't think most people hold that position, though. Like, I think people would sell Zeke Elliott. For I wouldn't a second. I wouldn't take a second for Zeke Elliott. But if you could get that's Zeke, why I'm on saying a I'm contending team. If you could get Zeke for a second, would you do it? I would be. Oh, gosh. Right now, uh, the, the, and this is where this is where we can really, really buy into the hype at the beginning of the season. You know why? Okay, Sam Darnold last year, literally oh people gosh. were saying Sam Darnold for MVP after the first three weeks of the season. He is so bad. Okay, and then he ended up sucking. The, the same thing. You are right. The same thing could happen really with Zeke. Way. If I could get a second for Zeke, and they are surprisingly, or if I could get Zeke for a second, you know what? I, pro I probably would. And do on that. keep trade cut, that's dang it, just close to fair. Crap. And and so here's the thing that pains me to say. I know, but. 
but that's the thing. People are going to take this small sample size and run with it. But the problem with the Cowboys and delusional Jerry Jones is they are going to remain committed to Ezekiel Elliott, even if he sucks. So with Ezekiel Elliott, you know he did get 15 carries. He did get more carries than Pollard. So the the touchdown upside is there. If he scores a touchdown like Zeke is looking at 11 points yesterday, I mean, crap. You're right. It's just, and it's tough because you don't like his long term outlook. And you obviously, you know, as a player, you're like, there's nothing about him. There's nothing attractive about about him at all. But for a contender, like, people are just going to really put him out by the wayside now. Oh, my gosh. It's tough, but. You know, uh, yeah, no, I think you got me there. I may be, uh, I may be overreacting after the first two weeks, and this is the dilemma we're struggling with with the Colts right now oh because they <laughs> are buns. Yeah, so but they also made the playoffs after going one and five. But they also had Andrew Luck that year. But they also made the playoffs when they started one and this four. This is literally the conversation we it. have with ourselves all the, all the day. But yeah, we had a couple of requests on talking about some backfields here, so let's just quickly cover these. Uh, the Texans backfield. So I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not surprised that Damian Harris isn't ultra productive. Like, and and again, not a victory lap. Like, Damian Pierce could have a great NFL career. I mean, it's it, but you know, wh- I'm why would we be surprised to see Rex Burkhead get carries? It's what they did last year. Like, Damian Pierce is not this ultra crazy talent that is just like a you know steal in the fourth. We said this like preseason doesn't matter. He, I think the problem is people got too hyped about him. And honestly, for him to be drafted in the fourth round, come in and start and put up nine points in his second week, I think that's a fairly good feat. Yeah, good for him. I think people just got their expectations up too high with Damian Pierce. So, um, you know, I'm not really looking to start Damian Pierce right now. You can flex for maybe for touchdown upside, but even then he's not, you know, necessarily getting touchdowns. He's had one target in each of the last two games. I'm avoiding that backfield. Let's talk about another couple backfields. What about the Rams backfield? What are you doing with Cam Akers? What are you doing with Daryl Henderson? Okay, so we knew this. Cam Akers was the biggest fake out of the week last year because we knew we also we were aware that he's not going to put up zero yards every single week. Correct. He's still Cam Akers. He still has that draft capital. He still has some upside. Uh, maybe a little bit hope, little bit of hope left in the tank that maybe he can be good, even though he tore his Achilles. Um, sports medicine and stuff. Yay. Uh, he got more carries than Henderson this week. Yeah, he did. So he, he did. Here, here's but the, again, I mean, what are you expecting exactly. his output to be for this season? Nothing elite. No, and it's Stafford and cup. Nobody's ranking him like that. So here's the heck Higby. <laughs> like what? I would maybe, I, I think you could maybe flex one of them, but even then this isn't really a backfield that I'm super excited about flexing either of them on a week to week basis. Henderson, I mean, 10 points, 12 points the week before eh. and acres out carried him and only had eight and had zero the week before. Yeah, I think I'm avoiding that backfield. What about the Jaguars backfield? Obviously, that's a little bit more productive as James Robinson's been a little bit more productive, but yeah, the Colts love to make uh, undrafted <laughs> running right. backs look like all pro MVPs. Um, so yeah, he looked amazing last week. Don't look for that to continue. I really, I truly believe that even though he outproduced ETN last week, that is going to not continue. He outcarried the very, yeah, in the near future. Um, ETN literally, when you're talking about eye test stuff, like he just looks better. He's He's more explosive. He's, he's smoother. He dude, he's got some shifty action going. And then obviously he's a passing game threat for Lawrence. Lawrence looked good. He always looks good against the Colts. Everyone looks good against the Colts. That's just how it is. Um, Don't look for his. I wouldn't say this is a breakout week for him. No. And so with, with these guys, like I had both of them in a league. And so obviously they combined for 27 and a half points. Okay, so that is, you know, 13.75, I think, points a piece if you divide it. So what I did is I started both of them at one of them in a running back spot and one of them in the flex spot. And, and you know, if they're going to get combined 26, 25 points a week, that's not a terrible option. This is this would be a backfield to where you could start both of them. It's still risky, but it's really hard to pick one and roll with it right now because, you know, there's going to be a shift in power maybe. And James Robinson looks better than expected. Again, not one that I am super excited about on the on the flip side of that though the Packers I can start Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon every week and feel extremely comfortable about it are you with me I'm with you there and I wasn't so sure that Aaron Jones looked incredible last week or last night and he had 20 points or no AJ Dillon had 20 points oh this was this is week one why is it showing oh you silly goose I know Uh, what were their splits last week uh, you mean week? like yesterday, yeah. uh, Sunday, um, Aaron Jones had 30 points. Wow. Uh, 32 points. And then AJ Dillon had seven. 
So they flipped. And A.J. Dillon obviously laid a little bit of a dud, but I think you have to look, I mean, with the Packers backfield, you have to look at how much either you... They literally like are running their offense through those two guys. Like you see it yep, in their they are. scheme, you see it in their plays. I mean, so you know, do you see that declining a little bit as the season goes on, as the receivers get a little bit more implemented into the uh, Aaron Rodgers type of? I think it will be offense. worth watching, but I still think like AJ Dillon's a solid flex every week. And he kind of was at the end of yeah. last year too. Yeah, where where I have a problem is people still ranking AJ Dillon over Aaron Jones, and oh, yeah. no. people saying that he is the unquestion that he's going to end up being the unquestioned RB1 there clearly he's not and that he's startable in your running back one and two slots every single week he's just he's not um he's definitely your he's going to be your third flex option for sure yeah i i think i agree with you there and honestly you know there are a ton of things there are a ton of things we could have taken away from this week in the NFL but it's yep. it, i mean it's early in and one more thing, I just yeah. got a sleeper alert here. Um, TDP is now out for four to six weeks. Not like he was a massive uh, running threat no, in San Fran last week, but that I mean, injuries are piling up for San Fran. Obviously, Trey Lance. Yeah, rip we should touch, we should touch on that real quick. Obviously, we yeah. you know really sad that for Trey Lance, Jimmy G steps back into that role. Um, Dude, not really. I don't think it really affects their weapons all that much. Like I have Jimmy. so many Jimmy G, G shares. Yeah, I, know I bought do. the dip like crazy. And I didn't even expect it to expect to reap the benefits until next season. And now I know now I got a little that re- fortunate. It really sucks. It, and the, and yeah. the, I think the concerning thing with Trey Lance is that he will have gone after this season, th- really three full football seasons without playing extended football because he didn't play a lot his senior year of college. He didn't play a lot last year, obviously. And now he won't play a lot this year. This could result in a Trey Lance value dip and he could actually be a pretty decent price. Yeah. As the season goes on, especially if Jimmy G ends up balling out, which I don't think is outside the realm of possibilities at all. Um, and people could start questioning his long-term outlook. Uh, look to dry, look to buy Trey Lance when you maybe could not have yeah. ever before. Well, um, as we close out this episode, let's do our game picks for week three. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. We got two Monday night games tonight. Uh, so we'll we update, don't know our so we'll update yet. the record next week. Yeah, we will. But right, uh, week, week three. So we got uh, Steelers Browns on Thursday night. Ooh, it's going to be a crap show. Gosh, seriously that's an ugly will be. game, dude. Uh, give me the Browns. I like Chubb to run for a couple touchdowns. Again. Ooh, um, I'll take the better coach. I'll take the Steelers. Definitely better coach. Uh, Texans Bears. <laughs> Gosh, man. Would you start with the two that worst two games? so poopy. I'll, I'll take Justin Fields. I'll take the Bears as well. Uh, Chiefs or Colts? <laughs> Chiefs. Chiefs. Okay. I, yeah. Raiders, Titans. Give me the Raiders. Yeah, I think I think I think the Titans suck, and I'll never pick them anyway. So. Okay. Uh, Bills, Dolphins. Oh, that's going to be a fun it's game. Gonna be a blast. Give me the Dolphins. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll ride the hype train. Oh, my I, gosh. I don't know. The Bills always have a couple dud games oh, a year. I'll, man. I'll, I'll call it that upset this time. Oh, that. I wanted to pick the Dolphins for fun. I don't want to do the exact same thing you're doing. Why not? Uh, it's gosh, I'll take the Dolphins. Yes. Lions, Vikings. Who you got? Vikings. Give me the Lions. Ravens, Pats. Ravens. Uh, I'll take the Ravens as well. Yep. Bang- Bengals, Jets. Oh, another crappy game. Uh, since he's going to get. going to. Yeah, they're, they're going to come back. Bounce back they they started slow. Hey, that's that's one encouraging thing. We know the Bengals are pretty good. Yeah, they'll be fine. Colts have a better record than the Bengals too. <laughs> That's so true. And they lost to a backup quarterback yep. in the Cowboys who suck. Yeah, um, Cowboys Eagles commies. Um, I'll take the Eagles. I, I want to see the Eagles play again before I pick them, but I'll gut right now. I'll say Eagles. Okay. Saints Panthers. Um, Give me the Saints. No question. I'll do the Panthers. Okay. Jags Chargers. <laughs> Chargers, please. Um. This could be one of the upsets of the week just because we don't even know the status of uh, Justin Herbert right now. We we know he has a fractured rib and like cartilage stuff. I actually could see that being uh, like he could still be in some significant pain and let well, you know what? He could be like painless if he like takes some drugs before, sure. but um, I could see that being an upset and seeing the Jags kind of flying high for a week or two. Uh, just because of them demolishing the Colts. I'm going to that's going to be my upset right. of the week. The Jags uh, Rams cards. Give me the Rams. Give me the Cardinals. Okay. Falcons, Seahawks. That's a poopy game. 
Falcons. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Falcons as well. Packers, Bucks. Ugh. The Bucks won ugly. Um, the Bucks won ugly. That's all I'm going to say. I'm taking the Packers. I'll take the Bucks. Okay. Niners, Broncos. Niners. Yeah, Niners. No question for me. Cowboys, Giants. Give me the Giants. I'll take the Cowboys again. Okay. Awesome. We have a lot of differing picks there, so that, that'll be fun to see. It's probably going to be a very drastic difference in the result of our picks, but yeah. that's that's always fun yeah. fun to do. Like I said, lots of storylines coming out of week two of the NFL. We're really glad football's back. Uh, we'll cover a lot more things next week. We're going to cover, cover a couple things this week on YouTube. We're going to put out some YouTube shorts to cover some of the hottest topics in Dynasty Fantasy Football right now, so make sure you get to our YouTube page. Subscribe there. We're on Twitter at Domain Dynasty, and as always, you can, you know, if you're in a league with us, you get on Twitter, ask us questions, let us know what you think of the episode. We yes, got, please do. We got all kinds of stuff going on. We know we're wrong about mostly everything. Um, but if you've stuck with us this far, we really appreciate it. And we couldn't do this without any of you guys. So as always, thank you guys for listening. This has been Dynasty Domain. Dynasty Domain.